We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And guys, the Laker fan in me previewing this finals is like, well, this is just... uh, I don't quite have the stank for the Warriors that some Laker fans do, but what I hate is that one of those fan bases is going to be happy at the end of this. That's the worst part of all this. But the best part is one of them is going to be sad. But then there's the basketball part of me, the the nicer part of me that's not not petty, that likes really good basketball, who thinks this is a fascinating NBA Finals. And I talk a lot about the conversation that the league has with itself. And I think really uh, two of the big points of that are Golden States, we're going to spread you out and attack you from the perimeter. And you have to defend the perimeter. And when you can't, we're going to make you go smaller and smaller and smaller. And all of a sudden, you're playing the type of style of basketball you don't want to play anymore. And they've won championships doing that. And then a big part of the league's response to that has been, all right, we're going to get guys that can move on the perimeter. There are plenty of big dudes, the the physical two-way wings that Mike always talks about, that can move their feet, but they're 6'8". And they got a 7-1 wingspan. And we're going to be able to do that. And we're going to punish you in all of the physical aspects of the game. So now what? I think this series is a great test of that now what? And so that is one of what I think are several tipping points in this series. So I have a question for both of you guys. Mike, let's let's start with you. But I'd love to hear your answer to this too, D. Is when you think about this series and you're like, how this is going to go either way, dependent upon this or that. What what are some of the things that come to mind? So, the the area that I've kind of zeroing in on the most, and and there are a lot of things I think we're going to get into. This is a definitely a fascinating series, but like, can Boston really meet the mental level um, for for this seven game series in this setting in this finals? Like, are they ready? Uh, I think physically they are, but can they get, can they sustain the type of attention, um, the type of teamwork, the type of cohesion defensively, the type of shot making 
that it takes to beat this version of the Warriors that is different from the other versions of Warriors that have won titles in the past. But there's only been one team that's beaten healthy Steph, healthy Clay, healthy Draymond uh, in a seven game series in the last, you know, what, six, seven years. And that's LeBron uh, in Kyrie and, and Kevin Love in the Cavs. And that really happens, uh, I think, in large part because of that Draymond Green suspension. Like, I do think that Golden State would have won that series. Um, although I'm I'm happy the way that history has played out for all of the reasons and not wanting to go back and change it or anything. But that's I, I know I probably need to get more specific, Darius, but um, that's the thing that I – the reason that I'm picking Golden State isn't all just about the X's and O's and basketball because that's something that – the type of team that Boston is, as I've said, right, is I, I like the way that they play. If, if you took their jerseys off, I really like um, the makeup, the physicality, all of that. But there's just something in me that trusts what this Golden State model is and thinks that it's it's not coincidence that it's been so devastating in playoff series. And and so that's why I'm going with the Warriors. Man, it for me, it's hard to narrow it down to like any one thing. I sent you guys a text the other day in our thread and I must have listed like seven or eight questions that I yep. had about the series yep. and I probably have a half a dozen more about the way that the series can can play out um I agree with Mike and I think that it's like probably the best place to start for the series because if the Celtics are able to reach a certain level mentally and sustain that level which honestly they haven't really been able to do that over the course of the playoffs like they've always faltered in real ways where their physical tools then bring them back up to where they need to be and that's kind of where i am with this series but the warriors are going to test them even more and 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 so i like the place that mike started there but from a physical standpoint um, there's two things that I'm jostling back and forth with in my mind. And one of them is relative health. Sure. And the other is assuming relative health, then Boston's edge from a physical standpoint and from a physicality standpoint, that's the part that can tip them over the top against this Warriors team. And I'll be very interested to see if that physical part holds up right and so mike's talking about the mental part and without the mental part i don't think boston can win this series like golden state is going to test them too much but if boston's physical tools allow them to play a little bit lower from a mental standpoint than what like dallas had to for for example and so i'm wondering where that sweet spot is for the celtics and if they can live in that general zone for long enough in the series pete and and that's sort of the place where i'm that's like the first thing that comes to mind for me so i i think to tie mike and in your point together i think they're going to have to survive golden state's mental attacks in this series and they are going to come aplenty right that question i posed at the beginning of the that big squad that can switch and play on the perimeter effectively defensively can kind of neutralize it coaches will say that you get flattened out on offense right because when you switch everything on defense what it's mainly intended to do the reason why you switch is because it neutralizes the screening game and so that 
was kind of where where the game went right in that whole conversation with itself but now there are all of these really cool ways of attacking switches of which golden state has been the leader of that like in just in terms of basketball theory for the last several several years and so they've got several types of players that can attack in very specific ways and so when i always talk about the sequence of basketball they have probably the most sophisticated version of it in the game and so that whole thing, Mike, our, our great debate on Miami versus Boston, and please correct me if if I'm not depicting your point of view accurately here, but I think your point was like, Boston's got the guys. Like, just look look at who they've got. They've got big physical athletes that will like, and they're better players, right? That's just overall than the guys that Miami have. Do you want to jump in there and just and clarify anything of that? No, I mean that's I I think that is mostly true, uh, but it was it's not just that, right? Like it was also just that with with what Miami was dealing with to that point. Um, but yes, that I I can't dispute that that I did think that Boston had had more horses. Yeah, there's just like an on yeah. paper, and they they do yeah. right. But part of the game and part of a young team's journey is learning certain lessons oftentimes throughout NBA history, the hard way. So like if Boston wins the championship, then they will have climbed several rungs of basketball. Does that make sense? Like basketball sophistication. And so that is where Golden State is most built to challenge them. And one of the things that I'm going to be looking for, guys, is in uh, one of the scenarios are lightning runs, right? We've seen Golden State how many times over the years? It's like, oh, Golden State's down six in the third quarter. And like three minutes later, Golden State is up 17. Like, like, you know, it's just something ridiculous. This this run that just flips the game completely around. We've also seen what you were talking about, D, Boston being susceptible to that. That's really how Miami kind of smoke and mirrors their way to a game seven where like, what if Jimmy makes that three becomes even a question in the first place because that is the thing. That's part of who Boston is and that's part of being a young team. That's not unusual for a team that it's like their first run where they're the main guys. And so that to me is the dynamic that Boston needs to not win that they're not going to win that but they need to survive that to a particular degree in order to win the series to me that's the biggest key so Darius let me uh so you had you had 37 great questions right so you either I'm we're just going to produce this live on the on the podcast either like jump in and cut me off with one of those to tease it I want to just get one off of my uh off of my head because I want I, I really am curious the answer from you guys um too and that Remember that whole the playoff series when the Lakers eventually lost to the Celtics in the finals in 08 and the Lakers skated through the West and the Celtics really had to struggle to get there. I was thinking about the context of this season of Boston really having to scrape through tough series in the East and the Warriors. They they got pushed by Memphis for a specific reason that we expected the athleticism, but otherwise like they handled Denver pretty easily in round one. And then Dallas, while Luca gave a couple of problems, they pretty much handled it. And so they're going in just much physically and mentally to me fresher. And Boston's personnel, though, is so different from desperate KG, desperate Paul Pierce, desperate Ray Allen and sort of a horde of vets. And I just I wonder if Boston's mental makeup to kind of add on to the first thing, how that builds into this. So I wanted to throw that out there uh, while acknowledging that, again, Darius had like 37 questions that were um, that were to that. 
uh, after the break. You want to hit it? Yeah, let, let's let's uh, take a break and come back and, and, and talk about that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I would also flip that around, Mike, in that I think Golden State is in for a bit of a shock in playing against the physicality of Boston versus the physicality of Dallas and even a Memphis opponent that Memphis is quicker. Like they're, I think, more agile on the perimeter and they've got kind of taller, lankier athletes. Boston is going to, Boston's going to hit you. And so I think that I'm curious your thoughts on that, D, that I think that whole like Boston dealing with the mental acuity and the skill of Golden State is going to be a, an adjustment. It's like a level higher. Well, so is the physicality of Boston versus who Golden State's played so far. So, yes, yes, this not being Golden State's first rodeo helps them more in every aspect of yeah. everything that we're discussing. Right. And so do you think Steph Curry hasn't been roughed up in his career or that guys haven't tried to maul him off right. the ball? You don't think that this is exactly what the Rockets tried to do to him when they had P.J. Tucker and Chris Paul and James Harden and like we're going to switch everything mm -hmm. and we're just going to muck it up. And like our whole like we basically played two years worth of two years they planned to beat the Warriors, basically. The first year, they got smoked, and then the next year, they were just like, oh, we coming back for y'all. And we everything that we produce in terms of our game plan is going to be about like defending you in your specific style. Now, Boston has the ability to play an even more physical version of that because their athletes are better, and their athletes are bigger. So I'm not going to take anything away from that, but if I put it back to you, what do you think is going to be more foreign in game one? What is going to be more foreign? The Warriors dealing with, oh, a team is trying to to play physical against us or Boston being like, what what tornado is this in terms of like the movement and the motion and 
all of the actions that lead to actions that lead to actions that the Warriors try to put you into from a decision making standpoint? I think that's a great question that like what is more foreign to the team? I think that can often decide a game one. And I do think it's Boston's physicality to Golden State. And the reason being is that Miami's got some of what of that defensively. You know what I mean? I, see, I disagree. Oh, you disagree. Okay. I do. I okay. disagree because there is no Dar- player no, like Darius asked the question. But he had the answer. I have. Uh, <laughs> of course he I like, did. I like that. <laughs> He's like, what do you think, Pete? Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you got to lo- throw the lobs to yourself off the backboard sometimes, man. No, I disagree just because there is no replicating Steph Curry. Mm. Like there's no replicating what – and there's no replicating his chemistry with Draymond. And so does Miami have similar sort of like – base stuff like okay here's hero and here's bam and dribble handoff and screen screen struce pinned down for this but the way the way that mentally you react to max struce or tyler hero is not the same way that you react mentally to clay and especially steph curry from a and second cool as well yeah yes there is very distinct ways that the warriors screen and what the screener does after based off of the fact that y- you you have to defend steph a very certain way right and so you are never going to cheat the screen on steph ever ever and so going over the top of every screen whether it's a handoff or whether it's an off ball action creates these angles for the screener to then go do something else. Yes. Right. And And you're reading and reacting off of that. If you're that screener. Yes. And that's the, that's the foreign part for Boston because other team screeners don't go do the same stuff that the warrior screeners do. They are constantly, Pete, slipping and going into other space and flowing into another action where they're screening for a second shooter. And it's sort of like, okay, well, what what is my responsibility here? And I think that that the the mental acuity that you need is that is a level higher than like any physicality that you can test because everyone has been pushed and held and shoved around. No, this is a great argument. Right. And and that's sort of where I'm at. I'm not saying that golden state's not going to be a little bit like, Oh damn, this is a little bit different, but the level that they've seen in the past Right. And this is why I'm saying their sure. run over the years gives right. them more experience they what within the context. For. Yes. That's yes. kind of where I'm at. No. And to build on that point, like Golden State is foreign in and of themselves because of their personnel. There's no other team in the league where it's like if you don't show high and hard on an off ball screener, you're going to lose the game simply by that fact. Like you can't let Steph come off off clean. You can't let uh, Clay come off clean. And then once you so you're already doing something defensively, you don't do against any other team in the league. Like, yeah, you're going to blitz Dame or you're going to have other guys in the league where like you got to show high and really respect them out there but how often are they off ball shooters and how often are there like two of them and then throwing pool who's able to score off of all of very similar actions it's like we're having to play a style of defense the entire game that we just don't do against anybody else so i think your point's really well made so i also think in in, in, a a related part to this um and to me something that i have not heard talked enough about is that like so golden state 
the way they're discussed is still that it's this offensive team and the system and how do you guard Stephen Clay and then Jordan Poole. And it's like they play defense. This is a really, really good defensive team. Yeah, and good point. The physicality, Pete, the whole argument, I, I veered towards – I think the larger point that Darius is making a bit more because I think that they they have problems more with Memphis's type of athleticism, the big rim running athletes and the guys that can get in there. Mm. That to me is where they're more susceptible and why I thought that seeing AD and LeBron, which by the way, that was the antidote. That was how LeBron, it was just LeBron, like Draymond can keep most people out of there and they can help with all their big wings, but LeBron could get to the basket ultimately enough. And then Kyrie can make some shots on the on the perimeter. And I think AD is somebody that they've always had problems with um, as well. Now, Draymond also guards him better than anybody else because Draymond's amazing. But I'm just saying over the course of time, like it's a little bit of that rock, paper, scissors thing, Pete, where like Boston. This is great. Yeah. Boston doesn't do that as much as they probably should. In fact, their problems early in the season were that Tatum and Brown wanted to, wanted to dance on the perimeter give you the the crossover and like remember that whole combo we had about Kobe and how Tatum was viewing Kobe in in the wrong ways as of like mm-hmm. all of the shake and bake of Kobe in the back between the legs and the fadeaway it's like no bro like bro you're also 6'10 and Kobe would also drive his ass into the paint and mash yeah, on fools very physical. like yep. do that more right and so he's figured out some of it but I think that that to me is what Golden State is going to encourage smart Tatum Brown Go ahead. Have your single coverage at times. Uh, you know, hit some tough shots over us, but you're not going to bludgeon us inside. Al Horford, Al Horford has had to expel tremendous amounts of energy and he's been great. But, and so that's the stuff to me why I mentioned Williams in the last pod where he does represent some of that physicality and he doesn't seem right. So it's more to me about Boston. Uh, like, yes, their defense leads into their offense, but I worry more about how they can dissect Golden State enough and not have Golden State scheme the way that they want Boston to play. Yeah, and I think that Golden State's become a team whose defense wants to catalyze their offense. It's something they've said with with frequency, and that like that plays into that whole Boston can be pressured and turn the ball over a little bit, right? And so you can see that there's the recipe for those lightning runs, right? But I I just also think that there's like Jordan Poole's going to have to box out Grant Williams. And yeah. like I, your, your point's well made, Mike, about that like Boston isn't that nimble athlete, that that live athlete that Memphis is. I think, you know, they're more these sturdy, strong guys, but they're not really above the rim types. I think that that Memphis type does bother, I think, a Golden State type more. But there is going to be things on the inside, D, that Golden State's going to have to handle their business against bigger players. Yeah, so let's go to break here because – I feel like I've been coming off very pro warriors. And if you listen to some of the national perspectives, a lot of people are basically saying, I think Boston's better and I can see it. And so when we come back on the other side, I want to talk a little bit about where Boston is going to give the warriors some problems too. So Mike, your point about LeBron and AD, those are, well-made points and while Tatum is not built like LeBron and Jalen Brown is an Anthony Davis there is an athleticism and physicality and you add Marcus Smart to that too Marcus Smart plays point guard but he is like a sturdy he is a sturdy built like 6'4 6'5 dude who is like 230 and will run through you if if he has to and 
they are going to be difficult to move. They are going to be difficult to screen. Marcus Smart, I think, especially for all the talk, Pete, that we have about showing high and what you have to do with with your bigs, your bigs may not need to show as high if the guy who is getting screened isn't getting screened. Yep. Right? Like, if Marcus Smart is basically just like, go ahead, Clay Thompson, try to screen me here. Or go ahead, Looney, try to wall me off here on one of these handoff actions and see where that gets you as I am just fighting through every single screen. And I think that is a part that is not being discussed enough as to, all right, what is the head of the snake and how do you sort of start to shut off the water a little bit? I think that right there is a big explanation for why Udoka didn't switch as much as he we thought he would against Miami is that, well, if we can play that great back pressure, remember that play we always talk about, Mike, with Danny Green in the finals and he's just like draped all over Dragic and it's like, oh, I got to lean forward and then I got AD swatting my shit. Like it's a very it's a predicament to be in. And so the. The whole idea of like, oh, switching everything, it's great. It's actually a shortcut. Like one of the reasons I advocated it for it with the Lakers this year is like, hey, man, we got a lot of guys that are going to make some focus mistakes that are going to miss their rotations. Like if we want to be the best team we could be, we probably got to start from a simple place where it's like it's everybody – keeps their job fairly easy, but to play the best caliber of defense, it's like, no, we're not giving you your preferred matchup. We're not giving you what you want. And so I I thought it was really revealing and in terms of strategically from Boston's pr- perspective to not switch as much in the last series. Now, I think this is more of a switchy series for them, but I think your point about back pressure there, D, is something that is exactly the reason why for that. Yeah, and and so I start there with just Boston's defense and forget the forget the aspect of like, oh, well, we're big and strong or whatever. Like Golden State wants to they they want to screen you and they want to get into jump shots. And then when you try to pressure the ball, they want to drive you. And if there's a lane, they want to finish all of the way at the basket. And if there's not, then they want to drive and kick when when help comes. Well, One thing you can do with athletes and the Lakers from two seasons ago are a perfect example of this is they just shrink the floor. They shrink the floor against you Mm -hmm. and they they get to closeouts earlier Mm -hmm. because they're bigger. They can test shots higher because they're taller and they jump high. And all the the amount of space that you have in order to get shots off. Those windows get smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's one of the reasons why the Warriors needed Kevin Durant in order to beat those Rockets teams. It's because after all the switching and all everything else, what they needed was a Super Saiyan like Avatar dude who's damn near seven feet tall and could just shoot over the top of any defender in the entire league. Like Ultimately, that was the solution. Like when we're out to problem solve, these these are the solutions. And and so I want to give Boston some benefit of the doubt that they're going to be able to stay connected better than what we've sort of implied that they might be able to, that they're going to get through screens a little bit better and that and that they may force the Warriors into playing more of an isolation style of game than they want to. And then at that point, yep, when you're up against a shot clock and it's just like, oh, well, we haven't forced a switch. We haven't gotten in 
in to a mismatch where a big is out sort of out on an island against Steph Curry because our guard got screened off and now we were forced into a late switch and now what do I do? Those are the, oh no, moments that the Warriors so often put you in. And they're going to put Boston in those plenty of times as well. But those aren't going to be 50% 50% of the possessions or 60% of the possessions, right? It might be 30% of the possessions, maybe 20%. And so, so much of the game is going to come down to other factors. And that's where so many of my questions that I sent y'all the other day, that's where so many of those come come into because games can turn on how is the game being called. Games can turn on yeah. who is Draymond Green guarding and And what does that look like? Games can turn on who is defending Draymond, right? Like there's all these little things that are going to go into building on top of the matchups that I'm so intrigued by when when it comes to this. But I don't want to like short shrift the Celtics here because they're in the finals for a reason and their athletes are legit and no joke players and the shot making that Tatum, especially, but Brown too, yeah, brings man, to the table. Shots. Yeah. Like it's like you can play great defense against those dudes, just like you can play great defense against the Warriors. And then suddenly there's Otto Porter in the corner shooting a wide open three. And you're just like, what the hell? We defended perfect for 20 for 20 seconds. And there's a wide open three. Well, guess what? Sometimes you defend the Celtics perfect, Mike. And there is Jason Tatum shooting one of those sidestep threes contested. And it's just like, oh, yeah, well, Tatum's hit seven out of his 10 jumpers this quarter. And he's got 22 points in the quarter. And you're like, what the hell happened? And so there is plenty of potential for that sort of game to play out, too. And I just want to make sure we're giving both sides the reality check that can hit the other team. Yeah, I... Right. This is why it's such a tough series for me to pick because I could. It's the it's the murkiest one for me so far. The other ones have mostly seemed clear. Um, of course, we got the one wrong, which was the previous one, uh, which was Dallas against Golden State. Um, and I think the only other one was I, I thought I really thought Toronto. Now, part of this was wishful thinking and just seeing how you know Harden and Doc and Embiid would have handled that first round loss. That was almost more for fun. Right? Yeah, we we have but blind spots when we're rooting for something. Yep. That, yeah, that was that was one. Although I still I do maintain that you know the Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet injuries right are pretty significant. Alas, sure. so Boston they have this benefit of being a shortened rotation and therefore not a lot of weak spots, and also they are in a really good rhythm as to who's playing when and who's playing together. Golden State is getting potentially three guys back you know for this and especially guys that haven't played Iguodala hasn't played at all what's that going to look like Otto Porter has been in and out and then Gary Payton of course got the second got got injured in early in the Memphis series on that play from Dylan Brooks so sometimes that can be a benefit sometimes it can be it cannot and and I don't know how that's going to play out in this final series so Golden State like Steve Kerr doesn't necessarily know his best lineup against Boston. And it might take him a couple of games to figure it out. And that might cost him a couple of games, right? By that point, how much energy will Boston have left? Because they have had the harder journey and they have had more mileage put on their guys in this specific run. So that's another question. I think that's going to be important to revisit in a couple of games, but it's not one to me. That's a deciding factor yet. Um, I, 
I just, I think that a guy whose name we haven't mentioned yet, Andrew Wiggins, right? As what kind of counter can he be mm-hmm. to Tatum and Brown? Because he's better than what his name, or he's playing better than what we think of his name right now. You know, they've yes. kind of unlocked something in him. And and that's going to be interesting to see to see how he can, uh, what percent he can take off one of those guys from Boston. I think Andrew Wiggins is a tremendous number four guy. You know, you always talk about slotting, D. Like, he seems to, for one, really like the job that he has. And a lot of it involves the things that he's good at. It is much more fun to just be told, hey, go do the things that you're good at and in just anything in life, right? And and he seems to have embraced that need for an athlete alongside Clay, Stefan, and Draymond. And he's been a big part of why why they get a ton of offensive rebounds, why uh, like and he's I think gonna be an important on ball defender in this series to help oh, yeah. trigger some of that ball pressure that I've we've been talking about so much. Um I just one one point aside from that as well. I'm a little concerned about the beginning of this series because I think that your point, Mike, about Kerr taking a couple games to figure out his lineup is part of that. And my I, my belief is that this isn't a loony series, or it's more of a loony off of the bench series. I would start Otto Porter Jr. probably in his place because I think that um, I think that that. I think that Boston's defense will be able to flatten out Golden State's offense in those Draymond Looney lineups in ways that I think that the way you beat Boston's defense is to make them make as many decisions as possible in this series. And a big part of that, like the the handoffs that Bam was running, I like Draymond having the ball in his hands a lot in the middle of the floor and working those handoff actions, I think is going to force a lot of those decisions that Boston, oh, like two went to Steph and now the slip cuts open for the layup. I think that's the way to break them down. I think that if I think if Golden State finds themselves playing one-on-one basketball with Boston, that's a definite advantage to Boston. Just real quick, would you start you wouldn't start Looney even if they start Williams. Yeah, I I think that's where this this series is going to go. Now, I think that starting out and giving it a look in game 1, like I totally get it. I'm not like, "Oh, what are you doing starting Looney?" I let me put it this way. I I suspect that as the series goes on, Otto Porter will emerge and like wings Gary Gary Payton the second as well. The guys who are athletes, who are physical, who can hit threes. I think those guys will emerge for Golden State. And I think the more bigger lumbering big like Looney will he's like will go the way of a Dwayne Deadman more. He's a better player than Deadman, but that style, I just think that we even saw that with Oladipo's emergence in the Miami series, right? I think that the athletes are really gonna be important against Boston. I'm just interested to see how Looney whether or not Looney plays is gonna depend on how he holds up defensively in isolation and in the pick and roll been doing that pretty well yeah and so i'm waiting to see like he i thought beforehand before the dallas series i thought he was going to be good on luca because luca sort of stop and start deceleration based Mm -hmm. game plays into what looney's actually good at defensively right Tatum and Brown are different types of offensive players. They are sort of quick twitch and they are smoother in terms of how they get into their shots, right? Um, 
not necessarily smoother than Luca. I'm just saying like the they're the, better the, athletes. They yeah, do the, athlete the athleticism yeah. that they bring <laughs> yeah. in terms of that first pop, right? Is just different than what Luca does. And but Luca's Luca. He's a one of one. But I'm I'll just be interested to see what Looney does. I will say Looney has a history of being able to hold up in isolation against wings. And you just don't think he you, you don't think he's able to, but he can. My concern is way more with the offensive end. I agree with you on, on the defensive end, but I'm just worried about it getting a little bit gunked up without proper spacing. Offensively, where I see Looney contributing best is that he is along with Draymond, he's their best screener, right? Mm, and and mm-hmm. so and it's he's really like, a great offensive rebounder too. You you know, and, and he who are the guys who have been in this system the longest? Steph, Draymond, Clay, and Iguadala and Looney. And so Looney is the guy that I'm with you in terms of spacing and all of this stuff. And, and, and like, I hear you one, like, like 100%. The part I'm interested in is the what spacing doesn't always mean to the perimeter. And you understand that. Sure. Spacing also doesn't always mean like the dunker spot and hiding in other spots. Spacing can mean like I'm 17 feet away from the basket, but if I'm in the right place 17 feet away from the basket i'm in position to hurt you defense like i'm i'm in a position to hurt the defense right right? and that's where looney has been aces over the entire playoffs and so i'm not saying you're wrong pete i just want to see i want to see it play out that way before i before i say i'm skeptical about it but but i see your point and i think it's well made i i totally get it and it's specific to boston's personnel they're way bigger than a dallas they're way way bigger and fit more physical right that yeah so that's that's the only that's the basis for my point they're, they're not way bigger than memphis though i mean we a, a little little different but like the they're, they're more physical they have a they're stronger but they're not liver athlete which as you said earlier <sighs> I, mean, I think that I don't know that Memphis. Well, here let's let, let's let's leave that be for a second though. Like I wanted, I just want to talk about Horford briefly. So, okay. Horford in, in Game Six and Game Seven was a combined three for seventeen from the field and two for twelve from three. And there's there's to me that's very simple. Tired legs, okay, including playing forty four minutes in Game Seven. He averaged thirty seven in the series. He's what? He's like the sixth oldest player in the league, I think something yeah. like that. And again, he's been great, but I, so with him and then with Williams banged, uh, banged up in the knee, the, so he might, Williams might have a, a game where the knee looks great. I don't think it will the next game, you know? And so therefore it's, I just, that's the part of this series, even though I, we, I of course always focus most on the big wings, but Golden State is a little different because of Steph. Right. And Clay, and they're just kind of a different team. I don't include them in that history of the NBA big wing thing, even though Clay's a big one, but he's not the big wing in the primary scoring athlete big wing. Right. right. So I, they're an exception to my big wing thing. Boston is not, they fit perfectly into it. But then you got to have some requisite level of big man play. And I, I just look at the, the health and the Draymond Looney combo and then the potential to go small, right? Bringing in Porter or even Bielitsa who's got some uh, impact and effectiveness, which Kerr said after the last game. And I worry a little bit about Horford and Williams and how they hold up. 
in the series. And so that's that gives to, to me, that's part of what has me given Golden State the edge. Mike, how do you feel, though, about the schedule? You know, there's two games off between every game except for one. Right. Yeah. I'm, so that's multiple to- days, like multiple days off in between every single game where it's not just like it's not going to be an every other day series. It's like it's like, OK, well, we get another full day's rest and then we go play. Like, how does that impact what you're talking about? It impacts it greatly and it helps Boston. Right. And it kind of it it makes me want to not do what I did in looking at the Dallas and Golden State series and sort of just watching all of the playoff games up to this point and watching how everyone has played and try to do what I think you and what Pete and you have done here is like look more at actually how the matchups are going to impact each other. So that would that does put a damper um, on my theory there for sure. The other element of that, too, though, would be that those younger athletes of Boston are going to be trying to like Darius is right that that. Steph and Draymond and Clay have all seen like, hey, let's muck it up and be physical with them before. But it takes its physical toll. I would argue that Golden State having a couple of days off between yeah, games, they're probably going to be pretty well, yeah. happy about that, too. You know, so yeah. it, it helps both teams in a way. Yes, yes. There are so many things I want to see play out and so many questions that I have that we just don't yet have answers to and it's because they haven't played a single game yet of real importance like you go back and watch some of the regular season games and there's a lot of Damian Lee yeah it's not really serious basketball and like oh look there's a Neesmith sighting and you're just like oh wait like there's Dennis Schroeder no no these things they're not the same anymore right and so the question the the most question I have, though, is like, who's going to be healthy, especially for Boston? And if they're not healthy, how much is it diminished? And and then for all the physicality stuff, like a game where Marcus Smart fouls out isn't out of the question. A game like and when you run a shorter rotation, which I'm not sure Boston's rotation is going to be as short the series i think that that, makes sense yeah like like i think that they're going to be able to open it up and 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 play more guys Pritchard should play play more yeah at least play that's that's it though that's the only guy that really they you know that they're gonna play more be able to play defensively again yeah yeah Yeah. so so they can play eight instead of seven tice that would be i don't think i don't think tice could play when curry's in the game uh-huh. I don't think Tice can play when Curry is in the game. Can he play when Poole is in the game? Uh, uh, Probably not. But 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 if Tatum is in during that stretch, and th- th- there are some things, I I, like, I, see, I feel you. Yeah. Right. Anyways, it's it's what's great about basketball, right? Like, is it? All these yes. little little elements of it. We could uh, probably do this for another two more hours, but uh, we're going to get going. This was a lot of fun. Got game one tonight. We'll be back to cover it tomorrow. So, so hold on. Are you guys you guys not making little predictions here? Or, or I, I don't care about predictions. I'm not. I'm not. Just, I just. I really am just curious. What who you think? Like if you had to pick one of the two, and you don't have Warriors to- in seven. Warriors in seven. I think Boston wins game one. Okay, I like it. I say I have Warriors in seven too. Yeah, I don't think Boston wins game one. If I had my druthers, this series would play out like the 2010 finals. Mm, can we get something slightly less stressful? Look, this has been I'm hard not, enough, sir. I'm not rooting. Peace out trying to have Boston have three wins and be one win away Jesus from, uh, from Christ. Boston up 3-2. Like, 
Yeah, man. I need. I'm more saying that each team will probably win a crucial road game. Mm. And so I would imagine Boston wins game two. I could imagine the Warriors winning game four. Boston will kick their ass I, when they get arrogant. Well, this, Boston's that's been thing great on the road does. this year, this playoffs, too. Boston's and, been great on the road. And I don't necessarily think it's going seven either. I, I just want to do that out of respect for sort of how close it is. Um, but you know, it's a it's, it's a, a very it's yeah. to me, it's like a pick em type of series. But it's like because I honestly don't know. I, I just do not have a good feel for what's going to win out here. Like if it's an all physicality series, of course, Boston wins. If it's a mm-hmm. if if it's a like, oh, well, here's Steph Curry, who like just one quick last second. This dude's a generational player. Yeah. Like he is he is one of the all timers. He is like he's one of those dudes. And if he decides this series that this is the series where I where I remind everyone that like I'm probably going to go down as a top 15 overall player or something like that like he could have one of those series and it's just like holy shit Steph Curry right and, and so there's so many there's so many things that and it's why we can't wait to watch the games. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> Should be some great basketball. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. See how game one went. Uh, but until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires again. They win. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Missing. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.